and welcome to Waypoint 101, where Waypoint and friends chat in detail about classic games or just games that we slash me are strangely hung <laughs> up on for today. Uh, and to let you know what kind of topic we've got for today, it's just me and Patrick today. Uh, we, with we're at the end. We're at the we're at the end of the road. We've I survived a book and a movie and a video game. Um, Hold on. <laughs> I would like the record to show that Austin was very excited about being part of this, but he got a different job. <laughs> so, like, now you can ask Austin, like, hey, Austin, is it true that, like, you were down with Stocktober slash Stock November? And Austin was. He just couldn't be here. But, like, I'm not alone here on Stalker Island. There's literally millions of us who just love the Stalker games. Uh, so, judge, like, don't judge by the fact that it's just me and Patrick here hanging out with, with Austin, with uh, with Kato sort of commenting based on what he's seen uh, from the producer seat during our streams. Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about St Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl, the 2007 uh, first person shooter from GSC Game World uh, that ended up like spawning a trilogy of Stalker games. And we have Stalker 2 uh, coming up soon. Patrick, you've been very brave, as you alluded to. Much was placed on your shoulders. A, a work of Soviet science fiction, a Tarkovsky film that is largely long takes of people doing very little. Um, and then, of course, there was Stalker itself. How have you enjoyed uh, your Stalker autumn? Two, two out of three ain't bad. And and even 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 the movie, which did uh, nothing for me, I have a profound respect for. It's just not my my flavor of of, of cinema, but... Really enjoyed the book. Um, if I just pretend the last two hours of Shadow of Chernobyl doesn't happen, um, then it's like very easy. It's very easy to see why this game has like has such a power over people, especially putting it into the context of when it was released and like what what it would have been like to play contemporary shooters of that era and then have something like this. <laughs> pop up largely <laughs> out of nowhere. Um and so I think I think enough of Shadow of Chernobyl remains interesting that you can go in relatively cold without reverence or nostalgia for what it was doing and not just come out the other end uh, like uh, with the context and an appreciation but like actually genuinely enjoying yourself. I do think it was fundamentally different playing it with you and Kato having people backseating actually, I think probably ended up dulling some of the and kind of like uh, mm. making it a little bit easier to process and grok the game and bounce ideas off of. And uh, some of the harsher edges kind of got sanded down because you can kind of bullshit, uh, you know, about it with with friends. Um, and so I, I it's impossible for me to know, but I, I, I could imagine a world in which had I played that solo I I might have graded against it a little harder. I might have been searching for the non-existent console command for a god mode a little bit faster. It is <laughs> shocking. To, we'll get to this when we talk about the end. That's a whole separate. I don't want to get derailed by that. But it is it is genuinely kind of shocking to me that you can hit the tilde key, bring up a console, uh, but like not actually modify game parameters because they didn't they did program that part into the game. Just very odd for a game to give you access to, to that. <laughs> like you can, you can press the tilde key and 
um, you know, watch the game script operate, like see it like models like being coming in, like script actions occurring. You can see the game processing all of that um, as like little lines, uh, almost like little lines of dialogue. But you can't you can't like type God. What was is in a Dune uh, ID IDQD. Yes, yes, I was close. Yeah. So, like, there's enough of that buried in my, in my back in my memory. Um, no, nothing like that quite exists for for Stalker. But no, I, it is a. Uh, I think part of the appeal to go back to a game like this is, I think what, what I what I you can tell me about this, Rob. This is maybe a question for you. But I think part of what I did for you in coming into this and playing it and not being someone who had the established reverence, there was a moment in that opening area where I think I made a comment about, oh, there are the fences. Like, oh, that's what's leading me to the tunnel. And then there was a moment for you, which it was very much, oh, this world's a lot more boxed in and linear than memory informs. Because relatively mm-hmm. speaking, it was enormous and widespread. And it is it is big, like especially relative to, a, you know, the Call of Duties and like a lot of the games you would have been playing coming out of like the console track of, of 2007, you know, Gears of War and other things that were like coming, you know, down the pike around around that era. Um, but but like playing it now, I think as the like the 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 the, the rose tinted glasses are shattered a bit. It is like, oh, like you are just kind of going from point A to point B. And but it but it's able to create a sense of of space and vastness that imply a lot more than what the player is actually doing. Yeah, I think. It's weird. My my memories of this game, like, I didn't remember the fences being that close. Like, like for me, it's I remember it being an incredibly open game. Now, some of this is and we we got into this a little bit when we were deciding, well, which stalker are we going to play and how are we going to play it? Like, I think something that was really cool as people were making suggestions about like, OK, well, here's what you should play and, and, and which mod you should bring in. I think something that emerged was. There is this like shared idea of Stalker that like has this like really passionate fan base, right? But I think if you ask, okay, but which Stalker is the best one? Like, which is like, what's the definitive Stalker experience? Which is what we asked at the start of this. You actually start seeing things fracture apart really quickly. Like, the, like there are things that each of the different games does, and then there are the different mods for those games that transform your experience. And I think for, for me, certainly my memory of stalker, like, Oh, that game, that game is awesome. No, there's a, there's a synthesis of different stalker games and different mods that exist in my head (laughs) that I think sand off a lot of the individual, like rough edges with these games. But if you go back to, and that's why I was so curious to do a zone reclamation project, because it was as close to vanilla uh, as stalker, 2007 gets and i never played that one i played uh like the 2009 edition of stalker complete and that tried to bring that very much in line with the production values of the later stalker games i was sort of surprised by how rough the edges are uh in the original stalker and yeah like when you go exploring and you sort of take the invitation of that open world where it's like, Hey, you can just wander and like go to this cool area of interest and try to find this loot. It really is not long before you realize like, yep, there is a small fence over here and that is the edge of the world. Well, And, and, not, and not only that, it's uh, as you start to realize, you know, pretty quickly early on, like, Oh, uh, I've got this big inventory and there's all these different artifacts I can find that can change the way my character works. And what we discovered was like, I don't know, actually there's like four, 
that seem to be kind of <laughs> beneficial and the economy is sort of irrelevant. It act, what it ends up doing is actually boxing off even more parts of the environment where, look, I look off from the distance and I see the one that always continues to capture my imagination was, um, I think it was past the first area um, in which I kept commenting, I think during the stream saying like, look at the top of that garbage heap. Like there's oh, just a yeah. bunch of cars stacked on one another and and you could see some artifacts that were like clearly like you could collect up there and there was probably something up there. But I played enough of the game at that point to more or less tell myself I'm fairly confident nothing's up there. Um, or w- what's up there is me staring at the screen to see if I can get around the lightning charges and there'll be some artifacts to pick up. But that's about that's that's about it. And so it's like I, I think that's where playing this game in it with a 2021 mindset where you can see a lot. More, you can see where games built off of stuff like this. You can see where X stalker developers like built off of stuff like this where I can just like see the boundary boxes like so clearly because I've just seen what games have done iterating on things that stalker helped pioneer that it allows me to sort of like. <laughs> chop off even more of the game to be to make it more linear because I know which parts are suddenly irrelevant and some of that's like a factor of you telling me that like eh like you don't really need to go spend time doing like the kind of puzzle sections like finding um like it, it paid off one time when I where I found like a, a badass gun um mm-hmm. and maybe there would have been a couple more times like that but by and large I was able to just sort of Go from main task to main task, and along the way, you'll get enough of the side object side missions um, by doing that that you'll you'll be able to buy whatever ammo you need if you run low. Um, but I mean, that's just one of the, I mean, that's just the, the, the kind of the nature of playing a game. You know, fifteen you know ish years later is like games are just so deeply iterative upon one another that they are frankly it's frankly like pretty much impossible to like fully enjoy them in in the same way that we watch like a movie like you know. A stalker, right? Like, I feel like that it is easier in other mediums like cinema to put yourself in a mode to appreciate a thing the way it was made at the time. M- maybe having additional history and context can can p- put you deeper into that mode. But like video games are kind of fucked in that regard in which it's just so frequently difficult to truly appreciate why they were interesting. <laughs> Once you've seen other people run with it and go, yeah, but like, what if we what if we fixed all these obvious problems that they they didn't understand what they were doing the first time they were they were placing these tracks on the railroad? But you know, I think the the reason though Stalker ends up being this enduring cult object is in some ways you can look at it on the one hand you say this is kind of in that era where there's a lot of experiments happening with open world design or non-linear mm-hmm. uh like shooter design like i like because this is basically a series of open of non-linear levels you enter that's about the size of the territory you're you're dealing with but it's not a true open world no uh, it, but, it, not- but it does it does have like dynamic scripting right like there are mm. there are incidents occurring both driven by the player and incidental which do like it was so funny reading i was while we were doing the streams, I was referencing this GameSpot walkthrough um, and just A, to tell us like how far are we along, like how many streams do we need to do? And then also just for my own like personal understanding, of, like well, what time do I need to set aside when I eventually need to finish the game? And it was like so funny reading like various missions. They're like, warning, make sure you do a hard save here because the scripting usually breaks and you might not be able to finish the mission. Um, and... 
I mean, that, one of my favorite moments of uh, the entire stream was us making good on the experiment from early on, which is like when we started the game, there's a military base off to the right. And someone had mentioned that when they played the game, uh, one of the people in chat had said they basically like tricked the AI into getting one one like high powered, high armored soldier to follow them like off around the corner. And they were able to handle like shooting them in the face a couple of times with a base pistol get their equipment and then slowly just destroy that army base and be like totally <laughs> kitted up way earlier than the game is expecting you to be able to come, come deal with that. Or, or what I did, um, which was to take a couple of pot shots and then wait for the wait 10 minutes for the, the AI to make their way to the base I was at yeah. and like, see if my like fellow comrades could, could survive. They could not. They got completely wiped out. Um, it was brutal. Like that part where you're up in the attic, just hiding, watching your friends basically be executed <laughs> by by the military. I was like, Jesus Christ! This it's is like, ah, uh, I guess we could throw a grenade out, and I think we did, and I think we took out one or two of them. Um, but then when uh, we got like a mission failed, which was clearly de- the game declaring you fucked up. They did. They didn't win. Um, uh, you know, we reloaded and, and just continued on with our lives. But the, the fact that the game allows for that sort of the fact that it is so rickety is, I, I think, part of what makes, still, still allows it to be charming and interesting, because these days it feels like it's difficult to play a game where you truly feel like you're doing something you're not supposed to, because mm-hmm. so frequently that games are accounting for that in, in the sense that. They're like pushing you to like try different things where you feel like you're breaking the game, but you're really actually within the boundary box of of expectations. Um, whereas in Stalker, I mean, just everything about it, like the scripting, the visuals, the geometry, everything feels just duct taped. And part of that, is what I guess, influences the culture of the modding, which is like people realizing like, hey, we have to be the duct tape in the community. Um, um, but then it turns out everyone has a different definition of like what needed the duct tape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for me, it still made it interesting because it was fun to poke at those holes. Even that like sequence towards the end where we came across that big military base um, where a couple of factions were, I'd, I'd been assigned a mission, like go take out a sniper. I was like, what if I don't like, what if I go see what's happening at this base? And like all the AI are like caught up in a war that's not occurring, or at least it's invisible <laughs> to us as the player, just stuff like that. Even if it's not the intended path or with the developer's, wanted you to experience mm-hmm. it really fit i mean i don't know i'm in the zone there's, man shit's weird like why not there's there's a couple of things that we didn't hit during the stream and so i like started up a, a save and got to like i don't know after the first lab after the baby alien <laughs> uh, okay basically. yeah mm-hmm. um so you're pretty far in yeah and it um there's a couple of like there were those like um artifacts that you weren't using because it was like oh the minuses on this is too much um well i think one of them i forget exactly how they work but there were a couple that started to heal you and you kept like one of those on and what i ended up figuring out is that i kept i just held five of them in my inventory and whenever i needed to heal i would put them all on 
I would heal in like three seconds and then take them all mm. off. And then that's very funny. Uh, basically, didn't need for like the first half of the game while I like figured it was enough. Like I didn't have to juggle too much inventory. I didn't like didn't need uh, med kits at all. At a certain point, it became too cumbersome to like continue that. But there's also things like. I've if you heard, could have hotkeyed it some some right, way, which like, is like maybe. please just equip these <laughs> these five runes, yeah, um, and then take them off. Um, there's also there's one that I like read about where there's a specific one that gives you um, plus thirty shock resistance with no downsides. If you get enough of that and you like overflow your shock resistance, you start to heal when you get shocked, and you can repair. Uh, gear you can repair armor that way because it starts it like does it it like overflows what? the game into thinking yeah yeah uh, I have to look this up exactly which one it was but I was like oh wow that's fucking hilarious and great and like that's the sort of thing that you're kind of talking about that one's a little bit more like hidden but it's that sort of thing that that possibility space is kind of all over the uh, the kind of design of this game just because of Later, how... the developers don't intend it, right? Right, like, exactly. Like, that's that's almost They probably they which... definitely didn't intend that sort of, like, oh, you're... But if you're... it's the lore, why <laughs> right, not? exactly, like, I, why, exactly. You, you put in these weird multidimensional alien objects, like, why wouldn't it, like, heal your <laughs> armor, like, in a certain configuration? And yeah. that's it's almost, you know, I, I understand why games have moved in the direction of, like, People wanting games that don't crash and work work properly. Like I I understand that, but then you have moments like that, um, or or a discovery like that, Kato, where it's like ah, but it's also kind of fucking cool when it feels like you're on a leaky ship, um, and mm-hmm. uh, and that you feel like you've truly discovered like something on your own or or something unintended uh, in a way that um. Is like a borderline, a cheek. I kind of wish I had known that, Kato. I feel like that could have helped me in the <laughs> final sprint of this video sure. game. But um, that's well, really that's really interesting. I bet there's, I bet there are a million examples of that. I bet there are like, yeah. in, in this game, this first one specifically, a lot of examples. If you were to look it up, of people running into uh, similar instances. I was when I was trying to look up like a god mode. Um, there was somebody just like begging on some ancient forum. It was like somehow he's like, I need the God mode because I, my last, I've just been kind of quick saving and um, somehow the game spawned in like you, you just can't kill the the soldiers. Like they just don't die. Like they have infinite (laughs) health. So they're like, I need God mode so I can just, escape them he's like but there's no way to there's like six of them surrounding me and i said like their save was completely fucked and they're just asking for some help from uh, like uh some sort of cheat code so that they could just escape and, and move on i don't i don't know what what happened to their to their save my guess is they my guess is someone would have to pass one on to them or they could there are like some any files you can you can modify and and do some trickery with um but uh it's uh oh did rob did you did you find this no, yeah, I found it. Oh, it's Oh, okay. Repair your suit trick. Yep. Yep. You yeah, can so see it can them. be done. Like, it's, there's weird things that are left open-ended in here. And I think this is the other, the other part of this is, um, I think another one of my favorite games from this era is the, uh, the original game, The Darkness. Um, I think it was like 2006. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Starbreeze? I think it's Starbreeze. It is. That is, com- I mean, you said this game came out in 2007, right? Uh, yes, man. I, it just it feels earlier than that 
to me. And I guess 2007 is still what, roughly like Half-Life 2 episode 2. I yeah. felt like strong Half-Life vibes, like playing like I felt like I was playing a Half-Life mod. I downloaded the Half-Life 2 is like, real recent in that. Like yeah. Ha- like yeah, so this is that era. That's 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 something. It's, well, yeah, it, yeah it, and actually okay, so no, it's the same year. Dark, the Darkness uh was released in 2007. Um huh. and so that's a game where it's also non-linear. It's a hub-based thing where they use the New York subway as like you go from different level to different level and you have to revisit several locations kind of, kind of deus ex style um and i think we see that model used a lot less now as things become as open world becomes more of the convention but uh, i think i think stalker exists right at this intersection between like sort of that 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 hub location model and then something like an like, like an open world game uh but but for me i think something that like stands out about stalker is that in general, I think so much emphasis toward in, in open world games first became about just making them stable and predictable. So you didn't see like, so the game wouldn't continually fall apart and then stocking them with like lots of stuff to do. And what's interesting when I go back and play, play the stalker games and I think this is true of like basically all three of them is that they're like, these are, these are games that are not really concerned about you getting bored. Um, yeah, sometimes you just have to wander, um, wander around. And then the other thing is they are very willing to just let, yeah, let these systems, as you say, like, play around together and see what happens. And I think like Far Cry, like as the example of a series that um, has sort of tried to introduce this idea of being a dynamic sandbox, a lot of it amounts to, okay, well, if you shoot the tiger cage open, the tiger comes out and fucks people up. But like very rarely are you playing these games and it's like, okay, but there's like roving packs of wolves that will like just, come in and like sweep through town and overrun yeah. it and kill a bunch of people. And maybe it'll kill like critical quest givers or something like that. And they're just, there's dead at least now, a chance. Like it attack. probably won't, but it could, like it could, they all have yeah health. And if you don't go over and give them, I think the game gives it like tries to put a backstop in most cases where update, you can give someone a med kit, you know, if yeah. they, if they yeah. go down, it doesn't necessarily kill them. But I, I have to imagine there's a timer on that where you could just, you could just lose that or, you know, people joke about how, you know, in a game like Dark Souls, like you can kill all the NPCs and make the game harder. It's like you can do that. We did like we did that here. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember yeah. a sequence in, in the stream where we met a guy with really cool armor and Kato like whispered like a devil on my shoulder, like shoot him in the face. <laughs> and we did. Just, just um, see what happens. <laughs> and he went down and you couldn't pick up his armor. So we, we quick loaded back and <laughs> aided him with what he was asking, asking us to do. But I mean, that's the fact that the game not even necessarily accounts for it, but allows for it. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's the difference, right? Like a lot of times when you have games that provide a staggering amount of player choice, the game is accounting for it. Like you feel like, ah, yes. Like, this is a million different decisions. And when I make one, it splinters in a new direction. And like the developers, like the are holding up all of the strings above it. And a stalker just sort of feels like, yeah, I mean, not really. Uh, like <laughs> I, you can do this. You could choose to do this. Uh, you might be breaking the game. Good, uh, good luck. Uh, yeah. Like no one's really sure what's going to happen after that. And there's like a little, 
that's that's kind of ex- that's kind of exciting. Like that doesn't really that really frankly doesn't exist in video games to much of a degree, even in games that are like influenced and, by uh, uh, a stalker. And there's like moments where, um, that thing where like the NPCs could can die and stuff. It's not just like in Dark Souls where like you you have to like make the decision to do that on purpose. You yeah, can lose NPCs <laughs> straight up just because you don't move quick enough, right? Like, and um, I whether or not they, I mean, supposedly you can continue your quests even if you like lose some of those NPCs, right? Like, because well, you can't kill the bartender, right, right? Like, right. So the bartender is the linchpin of the entire story, and so they do. There's the backstop there, right? It's right. Like, all right. But like there'll be you people that are bartender. out in the world that you like are like, hey, come help. And then if you don't come help, then they ain't gonna make it through. Yeah, that 100%. science the, the the scientist is like a huge side character in the back half oh of God. the game. And I got I would work my ass off to yeah. save that yeah. motherfucker. Um uh now presumably you still go to that location, but I guess you don't do that side quest where you help them do the investigation, which means then you don't get the suit, which makes the next area like arbitrarily more harder. Um, uh, yeah, there is a lot of there. Like you know, there was a sequence where, uh, um, it was the one where d- during I had to reload, but I uh, if you guys remember, it was like in a stack of cars and it and it, it there was like two hills on the um to the left and right and a there was a bunch of woods off to the in front of us and I had a bunch of oh there was the sniper tower. We thought like mm-hmm. this is yeah. it. I'll go to the sniper tower. That's the spot to be. And it wasn't anyway during that <laughs> sequence. You know, I tried to do the thing where I was like, well, I'm just going to hang back and let these seven dudes kind of take care of things for me and then I'll just clean up. And like what happened was those seven dudes died and and then I just had 10 soldiers on the other side to deal with. So it was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to load in and then do a lot of the heavy lifting here for this. If I want this like specific subplot to to maintain um, uh, because the AI is just. The enemies aren't advancing to my friends and my friends aren't advancing to my enemies. And so I need to take, take control. There's, um, yeah, I I was just thinking uh, 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 in, in regards to the scripting, there's some interesting things that I noticed because I decided to kind of like wander a little bit more before going on the main track. And there's that one part before you go to duties, like, uh, like actual base, where mm-hmm. there's like um a checkpoint and then like you hear them call over the radio like hey come help there's mutants and uh anyone who's nearby we need help um if you and then like you get a voice line if you don't get there fast enough where it's like you didn't do shit you can come through here but we're going you're going to have to pay us right that actually kind of breaks when you're on critical path and you're you get there because then you talk to the guy and it's like oh you're the marked one never mind go through but if you're not you can still you can pay them it's like i forget how much money but like you can actually yeah. like if you get there early that scripted bit still happens but since they haven't told the barkeep who you are you they're like well since you didn't help us very much you have to pay us or you could you know, get out in front and like really mow down some of the mutants ahead of time. And they're like, wow, you were awesome. You can get to go through for free. Um, which I think is just uh, really great as far as like the, just allowing well, didn't that, that. Didn't that happen to us? Well, what like happened to a- you was that it said you had to pay, but then you talked to him 
And he was like, right, but I remember, I remember loading. I remember I had a quick save yes. right as the sequence started. Yes. I fucked it up. Mm-hmm. I let them take care of it. And they were like, you're not coming. No, like well, you, did, you, you, and yeah. then I reloaded. God was like a middle path. Is that it? If you had actually spoken to him, it was like, oh wait, mm-hmm. somebody told the barkeep about you. Uh, right. Like they assume before you talk to them that you're just a random stalker and they're not going to let anyone through. That's so but because funny. you were on that quest, if you had talked to him, you didn't need to do that reload. You would have been let through. Um, but when you do it, when you're not on that path already, when the barkeep hasn't been told about you ahead of time, it's like, nah, fuck off. <laughs> like, get out of here. Or if you manage to kill some mutants, it's like, all right, for the right amount of moolah, you can get through and like keep moving. Um, which is just, yeah, it's really great how kind of open, like, it feels like you can get to just about anywhere on the map. I didn't like do that, go that deep into exploring, but it feels like there's not anything physically gated really, as just kind of gated through like different difficulty things of like, you're probably not going to be able to shoot this amount of military if you head to this zone. So you're going to be like shoved off. But like, I think the like, possibility the, is still there. The, like if you were to flip on like a God mode, like you, what you can do if you like, if you, if you download like a mod and mess with some indie files, like I guess there's like, I wonder how far you can push that. Right. Like how can you just go to the brain scorcher, like not have the barkeep involved. Right. And then like go, you know, go go down and like go to the final scientific base. I'm sure, I'm sure if I looked up a speed run, I could see exactly (laughs) like how people are are accomplishing that. But it it does seem to support your theory kind of like there's not a, a lot of the A to B to C is not how most games are where it's like, well, this gate's just not gonna open. Right. Until you get there. Right. Um, that's just, that's like less of the case um, uh, here, um, which is not going to make me see. I'm going to look up how quickly you can beat this game. Yeah. <laughs> speed um, while you do that, I think, so there's this, this other thing, um, which is just going kind of like open world design philosophy. Um, I remember like one of my favorite stock members. Nine minutes, ten seconds. Nine minutes and ten seconds. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna look. Christ, I'm, you, 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 yeah. you start. You give your open world thesis, and I'm gonna look at the intro of this video, and I'll give you some details. Yeah. Um. So, I think this happened in like Clear Sky or something. But there was a like there was a moment because Clear Sky is you back backtracking through different parts of the uh of the of the world constantly. But there's this one time I sort of um came across this patrol of like a friendly faction um just a bunch of dudes like uh like going through a territory and they're going by some like industrial looking ruins and everything and i sort of fell in with them a little bit um and i remember do you remember in um like is it the lost world or is it like jurassic park 3 where they just get fucked up by raptors in the field, where that entire patrol just goes into the field of tall grass, tall grass, and just gets like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, terrifying. (laughs) It was basically that, but it was like, I'm, I'm 90% sure this was not scripted. I think it had just happened where like, because their patrols wandering this world, they chose this route. And so the way it unfolds is I'm sort of walking a little bit behind them, uh, sort of like with their rear guard guy and I see like one of the uh, snorks come like beelining out from behind a tree <laughs> and like just fucking wreck one of these guys and they start engaging. And then like more snorks start showing up from the other side. And soon this entire column of guys is just like getting mobbed uh, by snorks. And as the fight like 
wanders like deep enough. They start like the fight starts moving into this like industrial park. Um, either one of the characters did this or I did basically. Uh, if you watched our streams, there was a moment Patrick also got disoriented and like ducked into a building that was incredibly cursed and like clearly a snork nest. Um, <laughs> and there were just like snorks everywhere. Something similar. Oh, yeah, happened I remember that. I remember where, that. like, so now there's snorks attacking this column and somebody stumbles into, I think like a bloodsucker nest in Ooh. a, in a building. And so now like invisible, like guys are like grabbing characters and killing them. And so within like a space of like 90 seconds, maybe less this entire, like strong patrol of like high, high level, like faction troops just gets massacred in front of me. Uh, and I'm just like, this is not my problem. Uh, I can, I am going to just uh, back away slowly and, and get away from this. <laughs> but stuff like that happened a lot in this world. And the, and the other wild thing is stalker being stalker. When I came back a few minutes later, um, I saw the, I'm pretty sure it was the um, snorks dragging away their kills to feed. <sighs> It was oh. fucked. Like I'm watching, <laughs> I'm like watching the guys who I saw get ripped apart a few minutes earlier. They start getting like dragged away uh, to go get eaten. By the way, in Stalker One, dogs will do the same thing. If dogs find like a corpse, uh, they will grab hold oh, of like one of those limbs and start like dragging it away uh, to to try to go eat it. I absolutely and- got the worst fucking jump scare. Seeing a body kind of out in a field and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walking towards it, there's a bunch of bushes nearby, and just walking up and being like, oh, I wonder why this person died. Then all of a sudden, like, five dogs run at me from these bushes. Like, they were, like, they fucking laid a fucking trap for whoever next is uh, gonna be their next meal. It's wild. Well, and this is, and this is the thing, like, I think so often, like, open world games in general went in this playground direction, where you are the most powerful thing by like leaps and bounds in this world. Yeah. And everything there, like animals, I can get that shit. Let me get that animal. I'll fuck it up. I'll get, I'll wear it's, I'll wear it's pelt. Um, (laughs) and the way Assassin's Creed eventually ends up solving that problem kind of is they just start seeding the world with like Witcher style boss enemies, right? Where it's like, okay, but what if it was a really big bear with a gold hit, gold hit point bar or something like that'd be pretty scary, huh? Uh, but, the stalker games to me always felt like they were so invested in building the sense of a world uh, that is sort of indifferent to you that it became maybe like still for my money better than almost any other series of putting you in the shoes of like, no, you have to like learn the rules of this world. You have to like, kit yourself out and know the like hunting patterns of these creatures. If you're really going to uh, like keep yourself safe. Um, This this game has nothing. It is so, so easy to imagine a different version of this game where you know, Hey, you know, you talk to the, you know, original, uh, you know, sort of quest giver, you know, that original fort. And it's like, Hey, we paired you up with a ranger. They're going to take you around this area you're going to yes. you're going to watch them shoot, you know, a couple of these different enemies. You're going to meet a zombie. You're going to meet, you know, you're going to you're going to get wrap your head around like here are the enemy types. This dude with the machine gun, he's going to take care of them. You don't you don't got to just like don't get any fall damage. <laughs> like you'll be fine. Um, and, you know, we're going to run you through the ropes. So you have like a like, oh, look, look at this guy navigate 
the uh the anomalies and like throwing it like none of that no. is present here like and to a degree that it's not as simple as oh uh you know tutorials were less complicated less um less expected less handholdy um in the, in this era i mean we're starting in an era uh you know, I guess this was happening on the console side would infect the PC side soon enough. But, you know, the you know, I think games like Gears of War are, you know, games that I like, but were like very much representative of like a move towards we've built the cool thing. We want you to see all the cool things we've built and we really we really need you to see all of yeah. it. And what's in front of you is not what's important and what is to the side you don't 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 worry about it like you don't have there's these big walls you don't have to you don't have to deal with it whereas you know shadow chernobyl coming out at r- roughly the same like time period as this which is happening in in console games like you know functionally part of like budgets increasing um there's a lot of factors at play um but just the lack of any of that is is so fascinating yeah. um and and creates a, a level of inherent tension that the game doesn't have to generate in ways we normally talk about tension, which is like through ammo scarcity or uh, health uh, sort of like deprivation, like, or being spooky. There's also something to be said about the kind of culture of quick save, quick load, which is Mm -hmm. did not hit consoles forever. Basically. Like I, I think the last time I, or the, the one and only time I remember actually seeing quick save, quick load on a console game was like dishonored two or something, which they added that. And I remember holding R2 on the start screen to quick save, which is like, okay. But like, you know, the, the, the idea of like, we're going to make this hard, but you have the tools, like, you know, if you have a moment, hit that button, you're going to be good. Save, save scumming was a, a badge of honor when you played, PC games, which is funny to to contrast it to the, you know, like get good sort of like gamer bro culture that is like probably beginning in this era of like achievements and trophies in which like accomplishments in games are becoming like part of your identity um, and like something to lord over other people. And to to put that up against, it's kind of points out like a game which is so I watched all the nine minutes of one of these videos. I will sh- I will tell oh, you the differences in just a second. This one's um, glitchless and no skips too, and they still finish it in forty three minutes, which is uh, what is it called? Pripyat, a different game. Oh, um, so, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, to to have that, the, the, like the fact that Shadow of Chernobyl is a game that it is meant to not to frustrate you, but it is meant to be extremely challenging. Um, but they know that you have a quick save and a quick load. That's a, that's a built-in functionality. It's not something that ships with Windows, where it's like you got to be able to do save states in an application. Um, they that gives the developer almost, in some ways, like increased uh, ability to 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 have a game that is a little harsher on the player because they understand that you can you can sort of control what you want to do. They have check, you know, there are, you can have yeah. checkpoints in addition to quick saves, but these, the quick save is sort of like the backstop for the player. I would do that where I play games where I'm like, and I'm not going to use quick saves. I'm going to rely on right. the checkpoints. And that would be right. my hard mode where it's like, right. And the, and the weird thing is like, it's funny now. I would bet you now I would only do that if I knew that like, Hey, that seems like a cool achievement challenge to, to try and do, but I right. might can not. You, can you it. make it through this this fight without quick saving? Oh, sure, but like, yeah, now these days, like, nah, I like, probably, I'll t- yeah, I probably wouldn't do it as much, but I, I definitely know, like, in games like this, frequently, I would kind of, yeah, it was kind of this, like, how difficult do I want to make this for myself? I think it's more fun to try and like get through this fight in one go. 
Um, uh, so this this speed run, um, which is the current reigning champion, according to speedrun.com, nine minutes and 10 seconds. It's not you can click it. It's not super interesting to watch. They do kind of what you we, we theorize, which is what if you just started running to the end? Um, and there are certain sequences where they need to use uh, the like the environment to shield themselves from bullets when there are enemies that will automatically attack them. But like the reason you can sprint to the end in nine minutes and 10 seconds is largely a function of the fact that the game, the end game just is sitting there for you. Like you want to go to the end game. You can like in in, in a way, um, you know, a game like breath of the wild sets that up narratively, which is like the game signals from the start. Hey, if you want to go fight Ganon, like you can can. probably pretty hard, but I don't want to do that. But like you can, you can go get the credits right now if you'd like to. Um, and in this game, you know, if only by accident, but by function of its design, like is is like kind of operating in a, in a similar mode. The one thing they do in this, um, the only glitch that I could see when I was scrubbing through it was like somehow they managed to get around uh, uh, the 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 like sprinting, uh, like the fact that the game should normally force you to walk by. There's like some bunny hopping they do that like oh, yeah, seems to like reset this. it, Whoa, so it allows them to just keep keep running and then at the very end uh this will only make sense to rob whoa i guess you would not be able to get through the final part of the game without if you were to do it with shooting it would take a long time um basically they they go through the boundary box texture yes they like if you imagine like what happens in this video is like they do some weird jumping that then like shoots the player out of like the geometry of the world. Um, if you've ever watched like a speed run or like a glitch video where like if you were to pull the camera out past where the geometry is built, you can actually see like textureless boxes that might even have text on it. Sometimes there are games where if you get outside into that world, you can see the actual scripting and you can see like the lines between <laughs> actions and you can manipulate the scripting of a game by fucking with that stuff. They do something similar here that uh, allows them to just get outside and then reappear um, outside of the wish granter um, at the at the end of the game. But, um, you know, other than that little trickery, it seems like for the most part what this speed run is, is just, uh, you know, absent tricking the game into not uh, enforcing its stamina meter is really just, yeah, I guess you could just run to the end, you know, yeah. have at it, um, which is which is really cool and, and speaks to you know, the kind of the, the ethos of the design um, that I think still feels interesting yeah. now. And if anything, maybe I feels mean, interesting now because of how controlling games are today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like you mentioned, it was such a big deal when Breath of the Wild did that and people were like, oh, wow, like the speed run is not, you know, it's how fast can you get there physically uh, by using these tricks, but not because you're like glitching anything uh, as far as like um, the like uh, what's what I'm looking for the main like story thread or anything like you don't have to glitch through anything. Yeah, there's that sequence break. There's, there's no, no sequence, sequence break. break. Yes, that's that's <laughs> what I mean. There's no sequence. Start break. running, bitch! Like there's, Ganon's waiting. There's an optional sequence for for players to take and like being able to just break that. Um, yeah, the optional part is the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Do you not want to play the, the game? Like, sure, you could go finish. Just it. go go fight Thanks the boss. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Um, so. Can I tell you something else that just fucked me up? Hmm. Mm. You know what else came out in uh, 2007? Hmm. Don't want to hear it. Don't, just don't Crisis. say it. Crisis. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. 
And so, like, there's this weird thing where Far Cry 2 came out the next year. Uh, Far Cry 2 is a 2008 game. Uh, and so it's so strange to me that, like, 2007, you got The Darkness. You've got, which I think probably does belong in this conversation a bit. Um, you've got Stalker. You've got Crisis, which is this really pointed attempt to, like, as you sort of alluded to, Patrick, we're at the start of, like, or we're on a few steps up, like the 360 ascendancy of not just mm-hmm. that platform, but that entire like ethos of making games, dominating games for that generation. And, and switching where like games were, where it used to be PC games were on one track, console yeah. games were on another track. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there was a port from one side to the other, but largely they were independent universes. And like starting in the 360 era, that starts changing and then games are multi-platform across different right. uh, platforms and that the influences but like approaches in design controllers keyboards mouses you have crytech like looking at the same landscape and like trying to make that big swing where they're like we're gonna make the most pc ass uh like yes. pc game you can possibly like it'll melt whatever hardware you've got which <laughs> turned out to be not a great marketing strategy <laughs> Uh, because they were like, hey, that computer you got, don't even try to fucking run Crisis on it. Can it run Crisis? <laughs> no. no. And everyone, <laughs> right, everyone's like, okay then, fine. <laughs> I will see you in three years. And then they were like, Here's a war looks pretty cool and I could just buy a box. Yeah. Um, but like, so the, the thing is like, you know, Crisis, I, I think, ends up. Like there's some things you'd say they're 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 trying that are similar. Like I think there's the middle of Crisis, and it's a smaller section of the game than it probably should be, where basically it's just an open world stealth game, and you're the predator, and you're running around out there just like destroying North Korean infantry squads. What uh, a setup! Like, cri- I feel like we know what Crisis is, but that that series fundamentally changes. From Crisis yes, to EA does. getting involved yes. and becoming Crisis two and three, and so I want okay. you maybe just for context set up a little bit like yeah, because they're actually doing you're right they're they're all sort of bound up. Crisis two too. becomes a linear game. Crisis one is like like well, like, and know. a key thing to remember is yeah, Crytek sort of emerges on the landscape and makes Far Cry one, which is an open world shooter uh, where like. You're just a, I think, I want to say like you're an everyman scientist type character, but like this island gets invaded by fucking aliens. Uh, turns it's, out it's inevitably like the Crytek games always involve some it's superpowers. Yes. Uh, so they then make, Ubisoft then Ubisoft buys Far Cry. Yes, and then from Far Crytek, Cry they don't buy they don't buy Crytek. They just buy Far Cry, <laughs> which feels faithful, right? Like this is Ubisoft buying Far Cry turns out to be them buying the entire Ubisoft model of games. Like they just don't know it yet in some ways. Like it's that and Assassin's Creed. Those two things are just the pillars that like everything stems from. But Crytek now, like they're flush with cash from, uh, from selling this off. They're like Far Cry was really well regarded. I think it was a big cult hit in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they step up to the plate and they lean fully into, we're going to make this PC master race shit. Wasn't like a meme yet, but it, eh, Actually, it hadn't been named, the, but Yahtzee the, the, cu- the, the culture that. existed. It might. This might be the beginning of like, yeah, a zero punctuation. It is. And so like, yeah, like 2007, 2008, like this, this starts becoming yeah. a thing. But Cry, like Crytek leans into this uh, because they're saying, um, you know, everyone's saying consoles the future, but consoles can't do what, what Crisis is going to be, and Crisis is uh, once again. Big tropical island, but this time you're going to be a super soldier 
fighting this invading uh like north korean force to try to like that's battling for control over some sort of weird artifact or or uh like alien landing site in the middle of the island it's not clear what's going on yet but you're just there to uh sort of deal with this invasion and what you've got is an invisibility suit um and it takes way too long for the game to open up to the stage but the entire thing is Incre- like really beautiful open world um inc- like just vast draw distances uh you know glorious uh vistas and you're sort of creeping around there in your in your super suit uh like battling squads of infantry and it's really lopsided like if you get seen you're pretty squishy so the thing becomes about doing the predator thing where you're sort of like uh like i vividly remember getting caught between like two patrols and just like hiding in a bush uh, with invisibility on and like hoping the battery would hold out long enough (laughs) for guys to just like move past. It was really uh, systemic that way. Then the third act is we're going to put you in a tank for like 40 minutes. You're going to blow up the entire North Korean army in a few minutes. And then you're going to find like the Korean general who awakens the alien uh, like artifact and fucking aliens come out everywhere. And then it gets, turns into a super linear end game where there's none of that stealth shit. It's very linear and you're fighting like crystal aliens uh, everywhere. And then that game doesn't do as well as they hoped. It doesn't review like they liked. It doesn't sell as well as they liked. EA gets involved and they turn Crisis into a franchise, but it turns into a much more conventional shooter franchise at that point. Crisis 2 is pretty underrated, though. I think Crisis 2 rocks shit. I, mean, <laughs> I really liked that game. I mean, I'm, um, they're, they're all just remastered. I'm open to, because I did hear, like, they weren't bad games. They were just, if you wanted more Crisis, they were different. They, that was not I think happening. they, I, th- I think that what happened to Crisis 2, and, and th- I don't know that I played 3, but I remember playing 2 and quite liking it, was a, like a, a, a huge, like, the fan, the people that, Crisis became a cult hit, and it wasn't the blockbuster that Crytek wanted, but it, be, it very much found an. There's a reason like Crisis keeps getting ported, and like it's not just because it's a meme. It's like there's there's something there, but mm-hmm. that all got like the spaces in Crisis Two are not as big, but they're big, and they were big relative uh, to you know like Call of Duty standards, and like and also we're gonna give you all these superpowers instead of like you're a World War Two soldier, um, or, or even like Gears of War where it's like you're still just kind of you know, a guy with a gun. Um, like you, you, you can still have these like kind of predator esque powers. And I, I remember quite liking Crisis Two and it getting a bad rap. One because people didn't like EA. Like EA's yeah. always had a bad, bad reputation, a well earned bad reputation. Um, uh, and then well, it overblown. It's, like it's being, weird. It like EA, I would say like one in general. I've heard EA is an okay place to work uh, by yeah. game industry standards, like at its studios. And two, I always felt in this era, John Riccatello was like absorbing so many of the sins of previous eras of EA management where he oh, was sure. like, I want to make good games. I think he genuinely believed that, but everyone was like, fuck EA. We hate you <laughs> die. Yeah. They're not quite like when they would win, uh, uh, like worst company in America. And like, you would have like gas companies underneath electronic arts. Like I don't, I, I mostly just mean like they, certainly like, you know, the way they squandered acquisitions and things like that yes. was like a well-earned reputation. Anyway, anyway, all to be told, that series changes. I think Crisis Two is probably underrated. I'd be curious to revisit that someday. Um, but I think there's like this whole giant stew that's occurring of these types of games at the time. Um, 
helps inform like those are almost like more polished takes on like the weird shit that's happening off in Shadow of Chernobyl, even though it is it is certainly a moment where a lot of people are converging on a lot of similar design concepts at roughly the same time period. So there is I don't know if it's on the Internet anymore. Um, There is some documentary of me being my absolute most self in 2008 at a talk that. Uh, Clint Hawking gave at the MIT Game Lab. Um, I think it was like 2008 or early 2009. Far Cry 2 was being like celebrated as this incredibly like revolutionary game, which in some ways it was, but also the thing that bugged me about it was there was so little, so much of it was just, we're just going to leave this to the systems to generate interesting encounters. Like so much of that game was, there's convoys of enemy troops wandering around. You'll run into them. You'll have a gunfight or you'll go to an outpost and you'll have the same outpost gunfight a million times with these characters. And like, there's a lot of heavy lifting being done by like, uh, you know, the idle thumbs, I mean, the grenade rolled down the hill or like yes. the fire propagation stuff. And I always sort of felt like there were some, I probably underrated that game uh, at the time, especially where far cry has gone since. But to me, the thing that bugged me about it was it had turned its back so hard on like authored moments in the game or like handcrafted like little vignettes that I felt like the experience overall became kind of flat uh, where it was very good. You know, it had what you call like good loops, right? Like five minutes of Far Cry was a very good five minutes, but it wouldn't vary a lot over the course of the experience. Or you needed I, I, uh, I played Far Cry 2 like post discourse, you know, not too, not, you know, not recently, but like after like it was had been sort of enshrined by, you know, like folks out of like the Idle Thumbs community and like the the blogosphere that was like occurring in like early, like a lot of like early mainstream game crit um, that really championed that game or like use that as a vehicle to talk about like how games can be different with systems. Um, well, and Clint Hawking and, spoke to that audience, by the way, like he well, 100%, 100%. Like, communicated with them. And so yes. it was very much like when, when Ben Abraham, uh, now I'm just going to brainy sphere shit from, I know, I know we're on. Yeah. So when, when our, when our friends uh, from that era, when Ben Abraham was like, I'm going to do a permadeath run of, uh, like of Far Cry 2 and like blogging about my experiences when that was all collected. I think Clint Hawking like wrote the uh, forward to that. Uh, yeah, that's so not, he, it was very much right. like he was out there being like, I see you guys and you are I appreciate my people. what you're doing. Uh, but, but it's all to say I, I've struggled with a game playing a game like that because uh, you know, like con- contrasted, like when I would we'd do podcasts and like Austin would tell a story about playing a game in which he's able to f- like find his narratives in the systems Whereas I, as a player, frequently uh, chafe against that, and I need the game to like lead me to water a little bit. And Far Cry Two, I I, fre- I frequently found myself not having an interesting time, but loving hearing stories of people talk mm-hmm. about their times in Far Cry Two because I couldn't find myself in those interesting situations. Like I guess they're here in the systems, but. They're not happening to me. I seem to just keep getting malaria, and then I clear a fort out. And then the game just repopulates the fort. Um, and like that was a lot of my experience of Far Cry 2 is like intellectually, this is interesting. Moment to moment, I'd rather just hear Chris Remo and Jake Rodkin talk about it. So there was this talk about uh, so he so Clint Hawking comes to the MIT Game Lab to give this talk. And 
it wasn't a great talk. It was one of those where the speaker ends up summarizing too many of their previous like lectures uh, before they start start to get to new material. So it's like a long, like it's a long talk, with, like which the first like forty minutes of is like every talk I've given to this point in my career by Clint Hawking. And then he starts getting into some new stuff. Uh, but midway through that, like during the during the Q and A, I'm just like I'm somewhere in this video. Uh, I like him a voice from the back of the room being like, the thing I don't get is about like scripted or authored moments. Like, isn't there a way to fit that in uh, into games like this? Like, I'm curious, like why Far Cry 2 adopts this approach where there's really none of this uh, until like the very end of the game, I think, is when they like make the experience linear and they have some story beats. But beyond that, there isn't a lot of like authored authored stuff in there. Whereas, Co- common, you know, endemic to a lot of these games we're talking about, it seems like. Right. And I was like, isn't there like it feel it, like I was like there. It feels like there's a lot that's get overlooked about the way like Stalker, for instance, blends procedural and authored. And, uh, you know, Hawking is basically like there's some stuff we could have done differently. <laughs> and he's just sort of left <laughs> it at that. It was like we definitely made our choice. And there's other ways you can go about it. Um, but. It was kind of like just emotionally where I was at with with these two games where I was like, I feel like for the next few years, it's like I think people who really got into Stalker were always sitting there being like. But the best one of these already exists and nobody's talking about it. Like It's just not coming (laughs) up. And the weird thing is, on the one hand, I can look back on it and I can sort of see like. There were definitely some rose tinted glasses. For sure. Um, I think there's a level of polish that exists in Far Cry 2 that's obviously not there in in Stalker. Uh, but on the other hand, like it was so cool seeing some of these moments land years and years later. Like the like the most elated I was on the stream, Patrick, was when <laughs> you went into that like <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. gas station outbuilding outside that yeah, huge industrial thing. And it like I had never been sure whether this was totally scripted or not, but you did the same thing I had done like 10 years ago where you sort of looking around here, you see like blood streaks on the walls, you turn the corner and there's a pile of bodies in this like utility closet and you just go in to, you hear somebody like calling for help and you just go in and then a fucking invisible blood sucker comes in from behind you and just starts like wrecking you. And and that and that's that that is I think uh, like a perfectly like a really good uh, point illustrating what you were you know in, in your question to Hawking is like that's a moment in which the authored and the systemic are like working in harmony where like you can be exploring a space that feels like anything is possible because of the system surrounding you working in like interesting ways. But still, nothing is going to beat, or 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 there are are, are effective uh, reasons to have a moment that's like an artist, like putting this blood on the wall, piling these bi- bodies up, and then preparing for the player to do a certain thing and having an action t- trigger. And like when you surround that by a world in which you feel anything can happen, in some ways, it makes the author moments more effective because it fe- it, it feels like. Like you're stumbling into something as opposed to your more traditional, like a lot of traditional games, which is like go down the hallway. The thing will happen to you that has been conceived by these artists and designers and programmers. It feels a little more 
random, even if, um, you know, you have been kind of funneled there. You just don't know it. And and like the, the fact that you can achieve moments like that in a game of that scope and size is makes those moments feel more um, like cool and impressive when it's you get those little sprinklings of of authored bits amongst what otherwise feels like chaos. When the thing, the, the funny thing is, too, it also it is a very light touch because while we had the same beat of like, oh, shit. Like, there's a monster in here with me. You saved the guy. I didn't. Like, I think if memory serves, when the dust cleared, that guy who was, like, calling for help in there, he was dead. I was like, sorry, man. I didn't I didn't help you. And you had this entire sequence where he picks up a gun and starts just going to town on this, like, base full of bandits. And for me, like, the guy was just dead and it turned into a stealth mission, right? Like, for me, I spent now a long time infiltrating that base and sort of sneaking around trying to release the prisoner inside that was trying to rescue. And for you, this guy just started killing his way through the level and like grabbing better and better guns from the bandits and like continuing his rampage. And you're sort of following along behind him, cleaning up. And then you're so kitted out. You, you, you could just sort of go in and we ended up having completely divergent experiences from there. And so mm-hmm. like, this is kind of the thing that stuck with me, stuck with me about stalker too, was that like, because the game was really convincing about throwing interesting outcomes together from just the way the systems collided. I think it also made those, like more authored moments feel a bit more earned because like, I didn't know until you, you, you had that moment that was like, okay, now I am certain that a level designer built that moment for me, but I was never sure that it might not have just happened that I walked into that room at the wrong time, which is cool. Like if you can achieve that, that feeling, that illusion, um, that suspicion that anything can happen. Like I think it makes that's that's different than in a like a traditional horror game where like you round the corner and encounter the same the same thing. Or even if they were to take that exact moment, that exact interaction, and it was in one of the games, you know, handful of like go down into a dark hole and explore a, like a, a weird factory sort of setting where there's like more setup and expectation. Like we're in the spooky time, you know, like ready. Who's <laughs> ready to get scared? Um I, you know, the fact that they can play with your expectations in that way, I think, is is what makes that moment still powerful, you know, all these years later. I think there's also something there to be said about the kind of general vibes of the sound design in the zone outside of even like buildings and stuff like where, you know, it's like, OK, we're really in spooky times now when shit starts to float. But even out just like wandering around the like weird ways that this zone like sings or burps or you hear yells <laughs> the random cat which i still think is fucking hilarious it's just a fucking cat.mp3 but just the fact that there's like a there's a lot of really great variety in the sound design in the open world that like you know keep like kept me on edge when I was like wandering around and like it was a little too dark I probably shouldn't be out here at night uh and I'm probably gonna get run down by some dogs or something but um I just think they've they made a lot of like you know good design decisions around the atmosphere of the game that also helps sell that that like anything can happen sort of 
idea. Kato, you should you should probably if you enjoyed that stuff, I think you would actually really enjoy Clear Sky or Call of Pripyat. Uh, but I think Clear Sky, like they spend even more time like building out good sound effects and uh, creating like Clear Sky is all vibes. Like Clear Sky is like, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to spend our entire development cycle on lighting and fog uh, and weather. Um, right. And so like it, it's 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 beautiful. But like so there's like one of my most vivid memories from clear sky is i'm in a i'm in a swamp uh and it's it's more like marshland right so you like find mm-hmm. solid ground but like off to the side it's just like tons of reeds uh in in the marsh and i started hearing like something like rustling around in the bushes and it sounds big and all i had is early game all i had was like one of those break open uh like double barrel shotguns and that yeah. was it that was my heaviest weapon Great. and i'm like there's going to be a boar coming out of this thing uh in like 5 seconds and i'm going to have one shot before this thing gores me and so i just like end up crouched there listening to this thing sweep through the grasses and tracking it by sound <laughs> and just like when it broke i was just like like i already had it dead to rights because like the sound of it moving and the sound of it like winding up for an attack was so vivid that like, because I had now internalized, this is, I know what normal sounds like. And right. I know what like <laughs> the signals are from this stuff that I'm, I'm ready for this. And this game was, these, these games were so good at that. Uh, but I think the, the other, there's something else though, I guess we got to address here, which is that, Having sung the praises of the ver- the ways various authored moments land, toward the end of the game, they just start trying to build shooter levels. Um, and you said it out far far enough. Like they didn't they 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 broadly didn't go this direction for the sequels, but the team also splits, and the Metro team like sort of is is sort of a breakaway from GSC as I understand it, and that is a very immersive in terms of like trying to give you a sense of like weapons being physical objects that exist in the world. And bullets like, is currency. Yeah. Like masks having to swap out filters uh, when you, when you go onto the surface, them it, it, leans, up. It, it leans into a far more linear atmospheric story driven, like take on a, a world with a similar setting right. and, and vibes. And it's, it's funny because like, when I when I when I go back, when I go back and play Stalker, um, I can see that like to an extent they really wanted to have a big denouement. They wanted to have like an action packed finale. But this is the thing that Stalker can't do. At least Shadow of Chernobyl. And I thought I'd remembered it. Like I said from the start when we were starting to stream, I was like, "We're gonna get to a point in the story, and then we're done." Uh, because there's I I know I do remember. The very end of the game was really dismaying. It gets worse sooner than I thought. Um, and we 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 ran right up against it. And everything from the if you if you if you watch the streams that we did where we streamed, I don't know, eight, eight to ten hours of, of the game, um, you know, about eight tenths of, 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 of the entire experience. Um, it just turns into a really shitty shooting gallery by the end where like, you know, there, there were moments uh, like early on where the kind of weird AI would result in interesting enemy behaviors that made combat like 
fascinating even even now um where they would just do unexpected kind of pathfinding that just like at least made the shooting kind of kind of interesting um even if it wasn't reflective of like the kind of enemy behavior we've been sort of trained uh, ever, ever since um it's just a lot of like hey peek your head out hope you get the headshot oh you missed oh they got you with the headshot quick load like do it again um and just doing that for two hours it was a fucking slog where what i ended up doing was not dissimilar to what the speedrunner did was just instead of actually trying to fight the enemies i would just chug an energy juice a stalker branded energy juice (laughs) and i would just sprint in different directions hoping the bullets missed me would round a corner quick save like hit a health pack and just keep sprinting like the the actually the only time i believe in or one of the only times in that in that speed run where the player shoots an enemy is right up right up at the end of the game there is an entrance to this kind of like f- science facility factory area i forget what it's actually sort of labeled and there's like seven dudes fully kitted out in front of it and in the speed run you see the player uh start lobbing grenades in the air in advance of getting to that moment because there is literally no way for them to get through there without getting shot. And so they have to, I think, throw flashbangs out so that the, the the enemies got sort of disoriented. And so I just did like everything up until that. It was like, I would just, I, I ran through what was clearly like an hour of shooting and just was like, I'm just going to sprint and hope that like the RNG gods um, look down upon me. And they didn't because I spent 30 minutes looking for a God mode like to, cause I got so frustrated and like, just was like not having fun at all, but I was so close. Like it was the kind of thing where, yes, very reasonably I could have just put on the let's play, see how it ends. And like, that's fine. But it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, I'm three hours from the end. It's like, I'm 20 minutes from the end. <laughs> um, and I finally like found the lucky path through and then spent another 40 minutes. Like Rob, this was at the point where I, the, the first half of the bears game, Mm-hmm. Had gone so poorly on Monday Night Football against the the against the Steelers, and even Justin Fields was not enough to keep me interested. I I was like, I'm gonna I put the game on on my office TV, loaded up Stalker, and I was like, well, it'll be there, and I'll just start plugging away at the end of Stalker because there's no story beats. Like it's just shooting. Like I don't even have to be paying attention. I'm just like mechanically going through trying to take out these like groups of enemies. Um. And then I started getting like distracted by the game as it got like exciting and the bear like Justin Fields looked like a like a real quarterback. And so that that's when I was looking up God mode stuff. It was like, oh, can I just sprint forward to the end of this so I can watch this game? Um anyway, got got to the end and you know, got the the you know, the bummer ending because that's what most players are going to get absent looking up a walkthrough yep. to do the specific steps to unlock what the game considers it's like, a canonical. really specific set of preconditions you Ver- like you have to have finished a quest like if i remember correctly you have to have talked to a certain person um to get access to an optional stash find that stash which gets you some optional equipment that you use to scan the wish grantor but then once you have that information you can go to a secret lab and if you go to that secret lab, then there are two splintering endings, which is like become part of the consciousness project or <laughs> uh, like reject the zone. Um, and I think becoming part of the consciousness project is the good ending. Um, 
I, I was reading about it. It also sounds like even getting one of those good endings is like, why don't you go into seven d- destroy enemy uh, uh, drops in like a like seven different portals? And I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do any of that and just read it uh, instead. But yeah, it really in their pursuit of having the the grandiose scripted end, you really see the limitations on what that team was capable of of doing. Um, uh, well, I remember just being doubly disappointed because. So the thing is, they also in the marketing for this game and everything, they leaned a lot on like some of the famous locations and imagery from the actual like real world, uh, like exclusion zone around Chernobyl. Okay. And you don't see that stuff until the no. very end of this game. And then yeah. you discover like, oh, you just pass through it. Like you like, hey, there's the school. Hey, there's yeah, I'm, the, sp- I'm sprinting there's the I'm Ferris sprinting past these RNG bullets. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually taking in any of the like gravitas of, uh, you know, the locations around me. There's no moments to take it in. It's just, you know, you've got helicopters and yeah. 900. Well, and you, and you don't you you're sort of thinking, OK, well, it'll be really cool. when I'm exploring the old power plant, right? And it's like, no, this feels like an unfinished level is yes. what it feels like. It feels unfinished. Mm-hmm. It feels like underpopulated, with like items of interest. And instead, you're just going to do laps around around it, basically, as you ascend higher and higher through a warping system that like just shows up, makes no sense. Enemies start like appearing. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a slog. It's biz- it's biz- it's bizarre. Um, and, 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 you know, if you get what most people are going to get, uh, which is just a monkey's paw ending. I got the one that was, uh, my character wanted immortality, I guess. Like, I don't feel like I made choices. <laughs> like the, the, the way the game determines your ending is like, if you show up with a certain amount of money, it means you wanted wealth. If you, depending on like your, uh, how you've treated various factions can influence like which version of the, like, if you just talk to the wish grantor, there's no choices involved. There's not like a dialogue with an entity. It's just touch interact on the wish granter. And then <laughs> the game cuts to a cutscene where it's like, I want to be immortal. And then it turns me into a metallic statue. Um, yeah, mine um, cut, to cut to credits. It's like, oh, well, that's all right. Well, I don't know. That was a felt very satisfying for the time I've invested in this. Experience. So I, I got a bad ending. and I do remember kind of liking it, which was um, I had been just an inveterate hoarder. I was like, mm. I'm just carrying stuff, selling it, selling all these artifacts I don't want. <laughs> uh, so by the end of the game, it was it was less of a slog for me because by that point, like Patrick, I had I had bought everything you could possibly like want sure. to buy in that game. And I still had like just a vast amount of credits at the end. So you got the what do you got the I, I want like the, the rich I want, ending. I want to be rich. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's kind of cool because your character speaks to the wish grant or I want to be rich. And like golden coins begin to rain down on him. And he's just like thrilled uh, to be staying in the shower of gold. And then you cut and you see what's actually happening, which is like part of the ceiling is collapsing. Uh, and because he's like delirious uh, in his greed, he just stands there and like gets crushed uh, by like the collapsing ruins. Uh, and that's the end of the game. And I was like, yeah, that's that's fair. I just wish there was a little more. It's so abrupt. Um, like it's, you know, you have this really poor, poorly designed final level that doesn't 
mate. But it just like there's all this grandiosity of like you've gotten to this place and you, here is the wish granter, and then it's just here is a ten to fifteen second cutscene, and then it's over. Um, uh, it's just, it's just very odd. Now everything before that, and you you is great and interesting, and you'd warn me in advance. Um, and and maybe I only feel that way because I'm you know checking in on this game in 2021 as opposed to, you know, 2007 when maybe my expectations might have been slightly, slightly different. But um, it is just a very abrupt, odd uh, thing what? where if you if you end up playing this game, you don't have to you truly do not have to go past what I did. <laughs> like you, you could just get to the brain scorcher. Once you've turned that shit off, you've also turned the game off and then you <laughs> can go look at some some walkthroughs on YouTube to see see where it where it ends. Brain Scorch is the last cool thing where, like, uh, yeah, the vision effects as you get, like, fully in in the path of the energy pouring off those those towers. That's cool. And, yeah, the rest of the game is bad. Uh, but it's interesting. Like, think about where we saw a version of that didn't crop up that works. I think it's the end of Metro 2033, right? Sure. Where that also has some pretty obscure, like, what do I have to do to get the good ending? It's not quite as obscure, but it definitely is. There's a lot of things you have to have done right or what the game reads is right early in the game or else what you're going to get is this like sense of looming tragedy as you move through the end game there uh, and like ascend to this tower. You're going to call down a nuke on, um, you know, the what what is what is thought to be a monster layer and what turns out to be a new sentient species uh, emerging from the nuclear disaster. But like in Metro 2033, you can sort of see where there is the dueling philosophies that exist within Stalker. The people mm-hmm. who want to like, oh, I could nail that ending. Come on, like, let me like build that sequence. They create a game length version of like what the long scripted moments of Stalker are supposed to be with the same sort of values of it's supposed to be a convincing world, very physical. Um, and you're supposed to feel weak and vulnerable and less like a badass hero, but it's all going to be in the service of landing these big narrative payoffs that goes in that direction. And GSC continues to sort of the last stalker game game they make is pretty much an open-ended like, Hey, go here and do some stalker shit. Uh, the game that's 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 call of Pripyat basically, uh, but that makes it so weird, or perhaps less weird and just ironic that when the Metro devs came around to make an open world game, I like Patter, you and I never got on with it. Uh, much. no, I it's 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 it sits there alongside Doom Eternal as like a game <laughs> that I've installed multiple times, be like, all right, like here we go. And like the three times I've tried to get back into Doom Eternal, like it, I get as far as I did the, the last time, and like fuck, I don't, I just don't like what they did with this game. Um, and then I haven't done that with Last Light or, or uh, uh, not Last Light. What's the 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 most recent one? Um, uh, yeah, uh, Exodus. Exodus. Um, it's like well, when they added the when they did the next gen updates, like okay, maybe like on a Series X with ray tracing, like a 4K 60 FPS, like maybe that would be enough to like get me to get a little further than I did the last time. And I haven't, I haven't done that. I have so many other games to play, but I, I, I'm still genuinely sort of bummed slash surprised that when they showed that like first CG trailer of that game, like, it was like, you know, you, me and Austin being like, Oh my God, like they, 
they're just doing it. Like they're going to make the forever game for us. Um, and then for it to fall as flat as it did for all three of us was, ah, it's a bummer. So I, I, I like, I think about that a lot. And I think there's a few, this came into focus a little bit for me as we were playing this. There's some goofiness with stalker that I think we were just better at accepting at this time, which is that characters run everywhere. Like the whole world is scaled to your running speed. Basically mm-hmm. you just like mm-hmm. start just hoofing it everywhere. Yeah. And like your character is like faster than any like mortal, but at the same time, like not as fast as a car and you're never going to be. And I was sort of, we were doing this playthrough as I was sort of playing around with Far Cry 6 and I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about Last Light and I think one of the issues there is it may be uneven, but the fact that there's consistent scale to Stalker, I think ends up making some of these spaces both feel a little more convincing, but also making it so that there isn't, there isn't a ton of dead ground where absolutely nothing interesting is going to happen uh, because just stuff isn't that far apart. Last light and God, especially uh, like far cry six, the entire thing is designed so that occasionally you'll basically have to go get in a car and zip Mm -hmm. along somewhere and like get in a vehicle and go do something. But it's not like the world is very big. And so it's more like, Open world games are like vehicles exist in them, but it's like going on an errand for a thing that's like literally around the block, right? It's too far (laughs) to walk, but like you hop in a car and you're in that car for like 45 seconds and then you're at the thing and you hop out and stuff happens. And Stalker doesn't have that kind of slack built into it where you end up uh, in these in-between zones where like there's not a lot going on, there's not a lot to do. Uh, but at the same time, if you just try to skip over them, then the world starts to feel really like flat and small. Uh, and I think Metro fell into that where where Metro is just I remember getting the, the desert uh, territory you're in. It's just a series of like little, you know, courtyard villages built around courtyards uh, that sort of dot this map. And there's just not. It's it, it the weird thing is it is bigger, I'm sure, than like the stalker levels. But it feels smaller. And I think I think that's a that's a strange thing where the scale of Stalker, I think, is better at with the exception of those moments where you run up against the fencing. I think Stalker does a pretty good job of making it feel like this world goes on a bit. And like it's 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 a little bit of a world like you can get lost in. And I think Metro kind of called attention to how small both the world was and then how really small those areas where stuff happens are right. Where it's like, you're going to go to this one building and there's going to be a scripted sequence. There's going to be like meaningful characters there. Um, And if you're like two minutes outside that building, nothing is going to happen. These games aren't built to do what the AI does in stalker, which is just, they might behave weirdly. They might behave not that differently from the zombies you meet in the game, but like AI is weirdly tenacious in that they will like, they will keep coming at you. They will hug cover and they will just try to like slowly close in and get you. And a lot of modern games, that's just not how they're built to behave. Uh, I mean, even just the, the, the spot where we ended the stream is like, we turn off the brain scorcher. You emerge from that 
facility and there are enemies who are attacking you, but there are also helicopters in mm-hmm. the area that are that are um, doing some sort of strike on the on the facility. I, I, I don't remember like what the faction explanation is, but like regardless, what I ended up doing was just like hiding my character in that hallway, but like without leaving, and then just like went and like got some water and came back 10 minutes later and just like let the scripting like play itself out like a big fight's happening out there i could go join it i could take out some of the people who think i'm a bad guy but or i could just let them take each other out um over the course of 10 minutes it's like that they i still had to go and clean some things up but it was like a kind of wild to just like (laughs) let it do its own thing. It's like, uh, you know, and then come, come through and, you know, just see what, what the AI hadn't taken care of all on its own with like the little toy soldiers that it had already like kind of set out and then just like wound up to see, to see what they do. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I, I think. And the fact that like the game is willing to let you just do that where it's, because now there's no way a game is going to like we're going to have a huge battle sequence. You were going to see that battle sequence. And that battle sequence is not going to end until you go in there and the game knows how far you've gotten into that that air that level. At which point the game will then turn off the respawn points so that there are only, let's say, 12 enemies left. You take those out and then you can move on to the next thing. Like that's not what's happening here. The game spawned in what it spawned in. The AI is colliding and doing its scripting and the bullets (laughs) are flying. And at some point it all stopped. Um, (laughs) And that is just not a level of uh, like in some ways disinterest that games typically have even in games that are operating thematically similar to a, a shadow of Chernobyl. Like I, mm. I suspect, I, sus- you know, I'll be curious. I would be very curious to see what stalker two is like, right? Yeah. Like what, yeah. what is stalker two in a post Metro post uh shadow of Chernobyl have t- having taken on so much cultural headspace among a certain sect of people who play video games. Like what game do you make at that point? And like, it's 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 you know Shadow of Chernobyl arrives at the beginning of what we would call the open world in a, in a lot of ways with Far Cries with Assassin's Creed um, like it's arriving after all that stuff <laughs> um, and I'm just so curious like what the value structure is in that game like w- what does it think is interesting what what is it mm. what is, and we've seen none of that right we've seen like tonal pieces and it's like oh yeah this is a f- like they seem to be nailing kind of the the goofy dark humor that is operating in stalker, maybe a little more above the surface than it was, you know, is present in the shadow of Chernobyl, but I cannot wait for an actual gameplay deep dive to see what you are doing in that game. Yeah. The, that, 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 um, AI, like the way that the AI kind of, I mean, basically, unless you like, obviously aggro, it ignores the player, is such a big reason I feel like why it feels like you are, you feel small kind of, right? You know, you're that, you're that one, you're that lonely, uh, stalker out there trying to make your way. You're not really aligned with any of these factions and 
the way that the AI leads into that when you haven't tripped their aggro, but they're fighting each other, right? The 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 way that <laughs> Patrick was able to just let it ride out, right? Really, really, I think is kind of one of the more important things of the like structure of this game to make it feel like you're on your own and make yeah. it feel like those. And I'm I'm curious about the new one and because I mean. I don't know exactly to what extent, but what I've heard of the following games, they some of them kind of want to lean in more into you becoming part or aligned with fac- factions. Uh, they make the, they try yes. to make the factions stuff more complex, or something about the fact that sure you can be in good favor with them here, but it's never like you're joining up seemed like feels right for the the world and the like kind of vibes of what they're going for um and i I hope they 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 continue that on in two like i really like like imagine like i mean and we talked about this before we kind of got bits and pieces of this through breath of the wild but just imagining what it would be like to like have a really polished version of a truly open kind of like things will happen without you. And, you know, maybe that's maybe, maybe systems have, have gotten too complex for that sort of thing, or who knows? Like it it feels like some of the systems here are simple, but in that simplicity have like the, the roughness and like jagged edges to make really interesting things happen. Right. Yeah. I think there's, there's a quite like there's leaving systems room to breathe, I think, right. is is part of it. Like that I think you're so right that so much of this works because the world is not particularly interested in you. Like if you wander into a firefight, the AI isn't particularly interested that you're there until you engage. Um yeah. they will continue to fight each other. Uh, without paying or, the, or like the, its metric of engagement is when you hover the mouse cursor over it, is it green, yellow, or yeah. red? Um, the monsters are as interested in AI characters mm-hmm. yeah. as you. Their <laughs> monsters are interested in other monsters, uh, like more than you. And so it it does feel consistently like the the trick that they can lean into a lot in Stalker is uh, I think we get better at this in later games. Is we will create like in this little biome. Here's this type of monster nest, and like patrol rats will go through here. And maybe interesting stuff will happen. Eventually, inevitably will. Uh, but also, it does mean that it's not like you wander into this area and you're guaranteed to encounter this kind of monster. They might just not be there, right? Or mm-hmm. they could have been killed off by something else earlier. And open world design in general became very much on-demand entertainment, right? right. Where it's like, if you go over here, it's going to be like an MMO. Uh, you know, the Far Cry, um, uh, like was the cassowaries that you're murdering right and left in like far cry three. They're always going to be here uh, mm-hmm. until you like wipe out that flock. And that means that they can only like, they can only be so interesting because you're never going to be like, what's that doing here? They have such, they're so pinned down in their area and they are not allowed to encounter a lot of other things in that space or other things will not be interested in them in stalker. Yeah. Every like, there's this sense of, the world interacts with itself. And if you were not there, it would continue to do that. 
Yeah. Um, and it would continue to work. And I do wonder, can you do that uh, in a modern game? Because it's all well and good for us to be nostalgic about this. Um, but I am curious how you adapt these values to a modern game. Uh, because... Well, like, so much about something this polished and kind of mainstream looking, at least. At least looks like it has a mainstream budget. You have to... Yeah hit a certain amount of sales and like something that seems maybe kind of too difficult might scare people off. Right. Like there's, that's all that I feel like a lot of game design uh, has kind of, I mean, even dark souls, which kind of leans into the difficulty. There are lots of ways for the player to fix their mistakes. Right. Like the whole point is that it's teaching you and like, you can go back and pick up those souls you lost. Like there's always a way back mm-hmm. um, where like the quick save quick load is kind of the backstop here. But um, I mean, I hope they go back to that sort of design. Like I would love it if it's just like, no, like it's, it's going to be, it's, we're going to give you like ways to s- save your time, but we're not going to make it necessarily easier in the moment to moment. Right. Um, it, I mean, there's just not a world it'll be this harsh. Like this game is being funded well, by Microsoft. I don't know. I mean, it's coming out in Game Pass. Like, I mean, and it's it's it's, it's going to be like push console first. I mean, I just I'm like, not saying. I, I just there like, are just certain things that are going to happen. I, I yeah. think there is a way to split the difference in which you sure. can try and capture what we're talking about. In the same way, that, like you know, from software has done with Souls. Like, there's a way to you know, like man, the UI sucks, but that's part of souls. It's like, no, actually like it could be like easier to equip things um, and like understand like what I'm doing here and like still keep what's interesting about what's going on. And so that, that's what makes me curious is like, yeah, you know, all these things we're talking about well, the presentation and what players expect is fundamentally different. And it's like, so where do they find ways to elicit that feeling in in a more modern context. And I mean, the game's supposed to come out. I mean, I think it's going to get delayed. I don't think there's any chance that comes out like early-ish. It was supposed to come out like spring, March 2022. Like yeah. that feels like a game that gets delayed to next October um, sooner rather than later. But uh, hopefully sometime soon we'll get a, a glimpse at like a mission or something just to see some answers to what we're talking about here. It's like, how, how do they approach those questions? Well, mm-hmm. the thing that if we, if people want to dig up the, part of the stream where we talked about this during E3, I think the thing that I really liked in the little tonal piece they did was it also seems like they have maybe wisely decided to make Stalker 2 a game a little bit about Stalker fandom, right? That, like, there's a character in there that is regarding the relationship with the zone that, like, a lot of us who love these games have. And mind you, that's baked into the source material, right? Yeah. Like you go, Like, that was the other cool thing about this is that going back and reading... Uh, roadside picnic uh, and 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 seeing the film the fact that from the first uh, there's this notion in the in the world building that's happening in in roadside picnic the arc that red is on um, that there's something sort of alienating about developing such a passionate relationship with such an odd place and an odd way of life um, and that's that's part of what stalker is trying to conjure, which is this notion that there's something here that's different from 
the outside world. And that's true of the outside world of games uh, when you look at the Stalker series as well. And so, uh, yeah, I'm curious how they end up uh, sort of uh, like modernizing this and adapting it yeah. uh, for, for a modern audience. I say they go the fucking Shin Megami Tensei route and, and don't. Leave it. They won't. <laughs> right? They won't. I know. Just telling, I know. Just, they weren't. They absolutely. They won't. They won't. It's just like Maybe. also just the, the developers crave too much control. I, I like mm-hmm. the like some of like the lack of control in Stalker feels like a, a, a team not knowing how to even exert that control over the object they've created, and not always necessarily because they've chosen to let the animals run amok in, in the way that <laughs> that that it is. And I just think. The scale of things so for how expensive games are, like, yeah, it is just too irresistible to exert control. And it's so, like, that's I'm, I'm, I get you, but I feel like that you get those games from the independent space. And like the more expensive the game gets, the less you're going to see of specifically what you're talking about. I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm setting my expectations. I don't think it'll be Metro. Right. Um, but I um, I am curious to see where they land on that on that spectrum um just a random aside i was thinking too how did you end up feeling about the guns like the 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 way guns behaved i um i didn't understand till you told me that my bullets were missing because (laughs) they're just bad guns um you know the jamming you know mechanic is cool i liked that but that that sort of like disappears pretty early on once you start getting a certain class of weapon um i you know i mean part of that's the era of the game that came out and the fidelity that it's being communicated in but i i if i had a better sense of like that's what's occurring i mostly just felt frustrated and not in the like when it jams it's fun because it's like oh shit like it jammed i have to hit r you know to reload to like to fire again um as opposed to when i'd miss it'd just be like Okay, like I guess I'll just keep firing till it connects. Um, so it kind of hit or miss. Um, yeah. much like mm-hmm. the bullets. Um, in <laughs> but then, but then once we got to a point where I got a class of weapon three fourths through the game, where it's like just line up that shot and headshot them. That wasn't great either. Um, so I think it was mostly if I had a better understanding of why they were operating the way they were. I think I might have been able to lean into that and enjoy it a little bit more. And then once it got to the point where the weapons are hyper accurate based on where the mouse is, uh, then it turned into a shooting gallery that exposed the fact that like the limitations of the AI and level design and that stuff wasn't, wasn't good enough to support the amount of shooting that was then being asked of the player. Um, when do we, do we know off the top of our heads when CS 1.6 hits? It was well before no. this, right? Uh, oh, I, boy, it yeah. feels like there's a certain model here of kind of bullet trajectory that is in line with the Counter-Strike type. And personally, I currently play a ton of Valorant still, like regularly. And so made like instant intuitive sense of like oh i get what's happening here it doesn't it still is missing a certain amount of feedback as to what when bloom is happening basically and like it doesn't give you that almost at all um but once i understood like oh like this is basically a cone and like 
the mm-hmm. cone is going to be much wider on the SMGs than it's going to be on the AKs, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, oh, I understand this. It's really about, it really becomes about getting into the right distance, right? Like jumping from cover to cover until you're at optimal distance and then getting the drop on with a, with a well-lined up shot. Um, and the, yeah, it think- felt just like how I like think about taking corners and stuff in, in Valorant and mm-hmm. the way that you have to like you want your crosshair placement to be right because you're not going to get very many shots at this range because you're both in optimal range now so you just have to be the faster one <laughs> yeah i uh i remember being a bit more satisfied i was sort of taken aback by um actually it's like i enjoy like the early like the early pistol where it's like man you try to do headshots with that thing it feels like that shot goes anywhere Right. Yeah, that's, like that's just, and then like, oh, that's why I need a shotgun, because yeah. I need to just get up close and blast the fuck out of this dude. And the moment the game shifts to assault rifles and sniper rifles, I think it becomes fundamentally less interesting yeah. mechanically. Yeah. Um, and like and it, for me, like I remember the uh, the sweet spot was probably when um when I realized that, like, OK, so the scope for this this AK-74 uh, is good. The gun isn't any better. And so even mm-hmm. though like I can get a really good view of my target through the scope, that doesn't mean I can hit it much better than <laughs> before. And so like I have to learn to like now I've given I've I've given myself the ability to fight from even further outside this gun's optimal range. And so I'm <laughs> yeah. going to learn to like arc the scopes shots are in. lies. The scopes are mm-hmm. lies. Don't trust the scopes. <laughs> but, the, but yeah, I never. I think the, but then eventually, but then eventually, you that's can't the other thing. The that's the other thing about the, the 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 bullet model in this game. I never ADSed. I spent the whole game not ADSing because it didn't actually help. And like yep. having that exact dot in the center is like that's where I'm aiming, and then the bloom is going to be around that. It was better than the iron. Like yes. none of the iron sights are good. The sights are game. too steady. The sights don't give you a sense of like they don't recoil because, at all. Yeah, right. That's the thing. You but should be there is recoil happening. Picture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like this was the thing where like Patrick. Like I think I think we were all losing our minds watching you play a little bit because like you were going by. I have the cursor yep. dead center in this guy's head. Yep. And shots are going everywhere, and that's because. Yeah, the sight's steady, and your gun is just, like, pointing in every direction, and the game doesn't do that. No. Uh, and so, like, I, like I'm, I think and the thing I love the, like, is... And also, the double crouch needed to be, like, double crouched in order to be at the most accurate, and even then, it's still going to have that a bit of bloom so on weird. it. It's so weird to have a double crouch, but not a prone. That is so funny, too, <laughs> that, like... Double crouch for extra stability, but no, no prone. Um, but, yeah, I, like... I actually really like the ballistics modeling in this game. I wish more games had the sense of like, dude, like guns just run out of power at a range and the bullets fall. You know, they they, yeah. they just they can't they, they aren't lasers. I enjoy that they sure as shit aren't lasers in this game. But yeah, they don't sell you on the feel of the guns as well as I as I remembered. And uh, yeah, the late game guns just take a lot of the dynamism out of it. They become lasers. Yeah. And not very cool ones like that VSS you wow. get at the end. It looks like a fucking PVC pipe, like spray painted <laughs> piece of shit. No, I wanted I wanted my mediocre scope with the grenade launcher attached. Like, that's why yeah. I was so uh, like heartbroken to give that up. Like, that's where I am right now. Attach. It's yeah. So like, I let me 
can I upgrade this? Like, just give me a better damage, a DPS on this one. And like, I'll, I'll live. Uh, <laughs> and instead it's just like, nah, pick up the next assault rifle that you find on the next set of, you know, soldiers. And I, I found that to be, yeah. Like well, as the shooting gets less interesting, the guns also get, like, they just have less character. Well, um, and Metro it. does really well with that, with like the guns do have this like rattle trap feeling of oh, like yeah. some of those guns have just massive like side feeding magazines that just like block your entire view. Mm-hmm. And you see the like it jouncing around as you're shooting and it like has this great feeling. But again, this weird thing like by Metro, and I think this is common now in a lot of uh, FPS games. Now they they want so badly for you to feel like I actually inhabit this body. That so much happens in these games where like there's like first person view cutscenes where like your perspective is just getting whipped around in this really like unconvincing way. Um, but that becomes constant in these games where like you get in a car and your character does a weird like head whip thing mm-hmm. uh, as it gets in. You get this like that's not how the world looks to you when you're. You know what I mean? Like you do not get disoriented getting into a car <laughs> unless you unless you turn off the brain scorcher. And then that's that's the few times when like the game does get into that mode of like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And like Stalker. Yeah. Stalker doesn't do that as much. But like later, the approach to immersion is going to be how many times and in way, how many ways can we show like you looking at your hands or your body uh, <laughs> as stuff is being done and like having zero situational awareness? Um. Just a couple uh, like questions before we go. Uh, people sent in some stalker questions. Uh, Bug writes in, if you were headed into the zone, what snacks are you bringing with you? Because <laughs> we know in the zone, they got the diet sausage. They got the canned food. Yeah, I like the diet bread. sausage. Probably stale bread. Yeah. It's still bread. You know what I would have? I would, I would unpack a bunch of Twinkies. Just have a soft they, canvas they bag squ- of twi- what? They're gonna get all squished. No, you get a bag or maybe a box, maybe a box so they don't get squished. But basically, they can survive any environment, right? For eons, so like you'll always have a snack if you bring enough with you. I feel like also they don't make noise. Your- they don't make noise. You can eat them without o- making any noise. That's true. Uh, but you're going to open your backpack and the, it's all turned into one giant mushy Twinkie. Um, a Twinkie a mass. Spoon. Yeah, you're going to need a spoon to eat your Twinkie cake that has been produced in your backpack when you fell down from, you know, an anomaly like pushing you around. It's like, yeah. whoops, well, those Shit. Twinkies didn't. Uh, 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 snack. I do love the just thought of just taking a quick bite of sausage, <laughs> just like not even slicing. Yeah, it. I feel like I feel like rather than like thinking in, in the you know in terms of like what snacks am I bringing from the outside world, it's like what is what what snack am I willing to live with within the zone <laughs> as presented in Shadow of Chernobyl? And it's not. I don't think it's the salami. I don't. <laughs> oh, it is for me. See. It is. I'm bringing in nicer salami, but like salami's <laughs> coming in. Yeah, artisanal um, salami is coming in. Like salami, uh, nuts, uh, probably like a more durable cheese. All like all coming with. into the zone. Oh I'm sure God. nothing, no, no weirdness is going to happen to the <laughs> to that cheese when it when it crosses into the once the brain scorcher uh, gets involved. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel like well, the bread would probably not give you a ton of energy, right? It'd be filling. No, you know, you would you wouldn't be hungry, but you'd also not be able to. <laughs> there's no like cans of beans. I feel like I, I could eat a lot of beans, but I didn't see any bean. Well, there's the tin can, right? But we don't know what's in it. Well, you can bring stuff. So like, I know, but I'm trying to think of just yeah. what I could. I'm just thinking. So what you're the gonna game you, you're, you're gonna bring a fucking can opener? Gonna bring something to cook that in? You're just eating cold knife. beans. I have a knife. I have a knife. Okay. Got the knife. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I can, can open, open a can with, with a knife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna presume that the can in the game is a can of beans because I feel like. You get a lot of energy. It's filling. Um, they get squished. Eh, they're beans. They're beans. I'm not upset. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm going with the cans. I think the cans is probably where where I'm ended up on the stalker snack situation. What are the snacks in the in the, in the upcoming the other games? I don't remember. I think they might okay, just stayed. Look. I'm not sure how much they even invested in that system after a point. Oh, the 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 hunger the food system. Yeah, which I've realized um, late was tied to endurance, which is why it kept happening. I feel like I got through the first half of the game not having a problem with food at all and being like, I feel like I saw Patrick eat more food. And it's because you were running around with a backpack mm-hmm. full of shit all the time. And every time you, like, you know, run out your your meter uh, a few times, that's when you start to get hungry. So Clear Sky gets rid of... The hunger requirement, and then it comes back in Call of Pripyat. Great. Um, but the Stalker Wiki does not list which foods. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying oh. to find. Uh, so what that is. Kyle, you brought up a good point though. Like, do I just want to crack open a cold can of beans? No, and that's why I wouldn't bring those. Instead, I would probably bring uh, canned cockles, um, like uh, probably in a nice brine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And of course, like canned what's mackerel a, would be a, great. What's a cockle? Uh, it's a little seafood. It's like a little mussel the, thing. The fish? Oh, like a mussel. Mussels are good. I don't. Yeah. Seafood is already maybe something like I don't know, like a sardine. But it's, or it's, some it's shit preserved that's seafood. Preserved. It's tinned. Okay. It's all okay. good. All right. Like you're just gonna open that thing up and you're like, ooh, what good olive oil? What good seafood? It's like a little yeah, meal that would for be yourself. a thing for sure. I feel yeah, like yeah, and you just bring that. I would, I would trust that more than you know what eighty six the cheese. Uh, I am bringing. <laughs> yeah. I am like I'm bringing my little tins. <laughs> Shouldn't of, even brought up this the cheese. <laughs> plus, if I get into trouble, I am pretty sure I could trade like my canned mackerel for like guns. Like you want to. I thought you were saying, you were about to say. Plus, if I get into trouble, you chuck one of those at someone's head pretty fast. You know, it'll do some no, damage. That would be silly. God, that would be that would be silly. Uh, that wouldn't work at all. Um, so the food the food in Call of Pripyat is the same as in Shadow of Chernobyl. You got honestly, canned food. That's perfect. Energy drink, diet sausage, <laughs> vodka, bread. Um, so those are your, those are your options. Even when they bring back the mechanic in the third game. Um. Patrick going in there with just a novelty six pack of 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 beer, be, being like uh, three good ones, three trash. Well, ones. I went to Kirkland before I went to yep. the zone. The Kirkland Kirk, Costco is my zone. Uh, so over the course of the conversation, I think we've answered a couple questions that came in. Thank you, B, uh, for a question about our hopes and fears around the new Stalker game. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Sig, uh, for writing it. Well, actually, Sig does ask a question. Uh, I think Kato answered, uh, 
what is the most interesting of the anomalies or artifacts? Like, Kato, you sort of pushed the system to its limits uh, by just, like, swapping in those fast health healer yeah. uh, items. Uh, Patrick, do any of the weird anomalies or any of the, the shit you put on your belt, like, catch your eye? Not really. Like, once, I, I, you know, we got to a certain point, I think, when I one of the many times I was, like, managing the weight requirements that I probably would have just turned off if the game had console commands <laughs> because it didn't seem like it was... It didn't seem like it was, like, meaningfully impacting how I was playing. It was just, like, time to spend five minutes dumping some ammo. Um, but when we did equip it, it was mostly just seemed like it increased certain resistances. Whereas I, I get, I maybe I didn't engage enough with that side of the game, find different ones, but I would have loved if there was more of what Kado acts, you know, stumbled into or like where it's like, Hey, there are some big risk rewards or trade-offs, but you can get something really cool. Um, you know, but you're not going to be able to get, all this other stuff like, hey, you're not going to get a bunch of like rads reduction, but you can, I don't know, double jump or whatever. Like, you know, something that like split you in one direction or another. And mostly it just seemed like my own exposure to it was uh, choose the ones that don't impact your, you know, ability to live, but actually just like extend that. And um, I don't know. So I I, I didn't find it interesting. I never touched it after the only yeah. time I ever noticed it after we equipped the the the. Uh, the first slate of them was when I accidentally sold one that I had equipped because I forgot that you can sell things that you have on your item. Um, Lewis writes in, uh, I recently modded Fallout 4 in an attempt to make it more like Stalker and it went surprisingly well. The most notable difference was how changing the damage scaling to be more realistic completely changed how I approached the game. And I loved it. Mm. So my question is this. Is this style of more realistic weapon damage underutilized in video games? I feel like it's normalized that both enemies and players alike can take so long to defeat. Not asking for every game to be super difficult or realistic, but it feels there's more room to explore uh, explore here game design-wise. Bonus question, if you could give one game a Stalker-style mod overhaul, what would it be? Now, the thing is, I'll say here, I think toward the end of the game, it gets pretty spongy in Stalker even. So, yeah. like, let's say we're talking more about those... headshots, like, yeah. Because the game is functionally... Uh, unplayable arguably if you are trying to like like spray enemies yeah. um you you are really just hit hitting q and e leaning out getting the headshot downing them in one um what game would i apply that to i mean i, I broadly agree like with what you said earlier and what this what this person suggests of it would be cool if games found ways to like i mean it's pretty not frequent, but like the idea of a weapon jamming is not um, not unheard of. But the idea that like guns can go wrong or or act differently than line up the cursor, left trigger, right trigger, boom. Like his games, so many shooters have just essentially come down to line up the headshot with whatever gun you've got, um, unless you have a shotgun and when you're you know going for the chest um, and having them fu- act differently and unexpectedly in a way that is more in line with how guns actually function in real life, that would be cool. And I'm just trying to think what, what game I think would benefit. Fallout's a really good example. Like that does strike me as a game that, that makes a lot of sense for, I'd be, I'd be curious with like how, how like a more modern far cry game would. Yeah. Like, res- like would respond to something like, that. you know, the, the last one I truly enjoyed was I think I, I uh, three or four mm-hmm. now the first one were like you were skinning animals and stuff and they added some of the rpg stuff it was the last one i really liked um 
I guess that's the Voss one, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the last one I played. Um, so I almost wonder with some of these games where the enemies are incidental, like an Assassin's Creed, if you were to, you know, bump that stuff up, how does how does that change how you how you approach things? Um, but I'd be curious for other. Do you have an example that you can think of that's that fits the the question? I'm less interested in how a modern Far Cry would handle it because I don't think the behaviors of enemies yeah, is particularly interesting yeah. in those. I will say, like, it dawned on me how much more I enjoyed, uh, like, Ghost Recon Breakpoint when I was playing it by myself and the mm-hmm. scale of difficulty flipped against me because that game at launch didn't scale for shit. Like, if you had four people with you, you just wrecked house. If you were one person, you had to take on the same number of enemies. Uh, <laughs> and so... Like I had incredible, like Austin, I had that amazing uh, sequence where like we were going room by room through a mansion and everything. And it was like old school Tom Clancy game stuff where there just wasn't much margin for error. I think it would be interesting to see a game like this uh, where, yeah, like if you are not super on your toes, uh, you could just get you you could just get aced uh by you know by an enemy squad um and that was how the original ghost recon games were by the way is like the entire well, Ray- thing rainbow was... six in particular um yeah. uh like rainbow six was a you know back when that was red storm entertainment mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh th- that those games were about studying a map for a long time uh like a, a blueprint of the level you're about to go in Going into that level, immediately eating shit because it, it was the same sort of damage model of like you go in and like, hey, when a bullet hits you, it fucking hurts and it's probably going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and and that game like leaned into that. Um, and I remember quite liking the original Rainbow Six, like uh, because it was so harsh and esoteric in 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 that regard. Um, uh, a, ga- a game uh, that I would recommend it is operating in a similar play space uh, this year is a game called Cruelty Squad, um, which I did a big profile yeah. of uh, earlier this year. It is a rainbow or old school Rainbow Six slash Deus Ex mashup with art that um, screams that it's a shit post, but I, I promise it's not. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a really reductive way of talking about that game, even though it it also almost certainly applies in terms of tone and vibe. Um, but if you're looking for a game that is that is what we're talking about, but isn't like us trying to think of how do I apply that to a modern game and what would it change how that moment to moment, like go play Cruelty Squad because like you're gonna get your fucking ass kicked. Um because that's how the damage modeling works then. And that's a game where um to reload your weapon, I believe the way it works is you, from what I remember, you uh, hold the right mouse button and then you you move the mouse up da- up to down. Like look up, look down, and that's like a way of like modeling your arm, go- like go like going in a certain direction to put another clip in. It's fucking wild <laughs> trying to do that in the middle of a firefight. I don't think Cruelty Squad is any fun. But it's the probably the most interesting game that came out this year. Oh, and I would great. there's a video in there in my article, Good Luck Finding a Stranger More Interesting Game in 2021 than Cruelty Squad, where you'll f- go watch other people play this game. I think it's more interesting than playing it itself, unless this game like fully lands for you. Um but despite only pl- having played like 90 minutes of it, it's it's probably like a top five experience that I've had just learning more about it. So I think that's ultimately my recommendation to the question is to 
go download Cruelty Squad and see see how you react to that shit. Carter, did anything uh, come to you? Um, I mean, partially. Uh, my my thought for some reason went to like stealth games. Like, mm-hmm. what if Metal Gear Solid Five had guns that worked that way? Uh, where like breaking stealth and getting into an extended firefight was much more punishing and like much more like you have to have your shots right if you're gonna get if you're gonna break the stealth element of the game right something like that i feel like um would be would be interesting to see especially that one because it had such like kind of wide maps too where like if you got certain snipers, you could maybe like take things out from a, from um, way outside of ever having to engage with the stealth element of the game. Um, but yeah. yeah, something like that could be interesting, I think. Um, because you're already trying to avoid sight lines in that way where like you want to get close and then being close and having those those sort of fast engagements where optimal is the same for you and your enemy instead of being, you know, like the sniping range or something like that could be interesting. Yeah. I, um, it, it is a tough thing. Cause like the minute you tweak that, I'm surprised that it works so well for far for fallout. Cause like, it seems like something you tweak and immediately everything else changes. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to throw this out there. A lot of people mm. have sent in a notification about something called other side picnic. Uh, Kyle, are you been following this? No, but I know what it is. I've, okay. I've seen that it exists. All right, so um, and I am curious. <laughs> yes, uh, we will we will perhaps investigate this at a later date. Uh, but there is apparently an anime uh about excuse. Yes. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. Amazing. There, there's that show you were you were asking for, Patrick. <laughs> Back when we had <laughs> we were talking oh about my adaptation. God. College students Sarara Kamikoshi explores doors which randomly lead into the other side. Parallel worlds in which internet creepy pasta and urban legends come to life. Let's watch this shit. Let's go. <laughs> we're extending Stocktober for one more one more episode. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Isn't it, was it, isn't it like just coming out? I'm not in here with you, Rob. (laughs) You're in here with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, All right. Is that coming out still or did it already come out? It's all out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was an anime series. That was in 2017. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aired from. Oh, that was, this is like super recent. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, shit. I guess we have to investigate. The manga adaptation was was published in Square Enix's Shonen Manga Magazine. What? Wow, okay. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. So this literally came out this year. The last episode aired March 23rd of the anime. Oh, my God. Of 2021. Well, Amazing. Just, we, yeah, we have to... <laughs> Caitlin Moore of the Anime News Network called the series one of a kind and a welcome addition to a series of Yuri anime about teenagers falling blushingly in love for the first time. Oh. And it's a Yuri? I'm dead. We have to. We have to watch it. 
There's only 12 There's episodes. That's a oh, twenty. That's that's twenty minutes at most an episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just Erica Friedman had a mixed view of Other Side Picnic, which she reviewed on her blog Okazu. She praised the novel series as quote an overt mix of Japanese net lore, science fiction, action, and horror tropes, and a big scoop of Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Yep. Well, I guess uh <laughs> how to how to watch other side. I guess I'll see you all in Stalkuary. Uh <laughs> for for our for our check in. Um, well, I'm ready to watch our stalkame. <laughs> I am I am kind of I am kind of curious now uh how how that all goes. Um I guess if if you wished uh, that maybe Red and uh, but, uh, Vulture's kid were two teenage girls uh, descending toward the Wish Granter, um, and maybe more than friends, uh, I guess it sounds like the ship's come in. Woo, I found it. It's on Funimation. I lost track okay. of... Is that is that folded into... Is, Crunchy, no, I think Crunchyroll will be folded into Funimation, I believe. Okay. Well, start watching. It's oh, it's free. It's free with ads. Yeah. <laughs> Is that really free? I already hit play. Is that really free? Season one, episode one, wiggle waggle hunting. Oh my God. I'm ready to wiggle and I'm ready to waggle. Is that the, that's got to be a name for an anomaly. That's got to be. You think so? Got to be. The wiggle yeah, waggle. That's, that's, yeah, a, 20, that's an artifact. 23 <laughs> That's one of the relics. Long. Yeah. Oh man, it looks like shit gets pretty real in episode four, though. <laughs> Looking at this, that's not. Damn. Is that based on the title or the description? Just the no. Just look at the said, thumbnail. Like, that's not. That's not playing for laughs. Like when you see eyes like that in, in anime, like shit's gone real. Like shit's gone real bad. Oh, I gotta click back. Um, that's oh, that, yeah. That looks bad. That looks bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode eleven, Operation Rescue U.S. Forces. <laughs> we have to watch it, Rob. <laughs> All right. Well. Episode 8, Attack of the Ninja Cats. The meat train? Oh, wait. Is the meat no, train No, hold on. Be... Where did I hear about the meat train? Where did we hear about this? I don't know. Midnight Meat Train is a Clyde Barker short story. No, that's no, me. No, that's... no, 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 I just heard about this in um, Chernobylite. Um, oh, yeah. Where they tell the story of there's this massive supply of like spoiled beef, uh, beef in the wake of the Chernobyl disaster. I want to say, cause either because it was exposed directly or because the fallout cloud, uh, like tainted, like either the production facilities, not necessarily, I'm not sure it actually tainted like the herds, but it might've tainted like the production facilities. And so there is related to the Chernobyl disaster. I want to say, a story of a lost meat train uh, that was sort of damned to wander the Soviet Union for years. Wow. And what will these two girls do about it? (laughs) Tune in to find out. Okay. Uh, Well, I thought we were out, but apparently uh, I I will. (laughs) I guess we're. We have to. We have to close the loop. And get to the other side. <laughs> to the, yes, and, and have a picnic there. All right, mm-hmm. so Stalk <laughs> Vember continues into Stalkuary. 
Uh, well, I don't think we're going to have time to do a, you know, I don't know if we're going to have another 101 before the end of the year. I don't know. We have to, we have to see. We yeah, have to we'll talk to the our schedule. This, this well, has slipped further uh, than we intended. And so now it gets into like holiday scheduling. Yeah. I'm already declaring, Kata, we're playing Kingsfield 4 um, in January. Like, oh, yeah. that is what we're doing in the lead up to. Yeah. But then oh, this yeah. month, I don't, it seems like we're going to start playing Halo as well. Not not new Halo. Oh, no. No. Uh, Halo Reach. Um, which Yo, uh, oh, you're just you, arbitrarily you deciding that we're doing Reach. Halo Reach. You keep, you keep saying that. <laughs> and we're like, like maybe we should... Kata's like, what Reach. if we played Halo 1? And then Rob's like, right, yeah, we'll play Halo Reach. And then like, everyone else is like, yeah, we'll play Halo 1. ODST. That makes them right. Halo Combat Evolved. It evolved into ODSTs. Uh, that's them God. dropping from the sky uh, to have wacky hijinks adventures. Uh, no, it looks like we're going to be playing uh, Halo 1 uh, a bit in the next month, and that's going to be what we're like that's what we'll be doing in late november so that game's december 10th right Isn't yeah that when yeah, yeah yeah so i think so then the next one will be halo and then we'll we will not do one in december that'll be too close to the holidays yeah. um but then i, th- I think will, we're gonna play king's halo is probably gonna, gonna kingsfield for it's gonna yeah. go in december Halo's probably gonna be yeah, yeah. It's, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be it's gonna be christmas eve december. and we're gonna be like guys we just got to get this fucking screen <laughs> of the flood recorded like i'm sorry like sorry, i'm gonna be on uh, a boat i'm not what? gonna be here well <laughs> my sister works for a cruise line and she's gotten us it's a whole thing it's not great mm. but oh, <laughs> yeah it sounds it sounds both like a deal but also like a dangerous uh, can you, deal can you get your streaming computer on that boat I mean, I can. There will be no internet. We will be what in the can, ocean. <laughs> I'm, I am. Just you and a, you on a cruise ship, huh? Yeah. Should right. be I gotta, something. I gotta go. Yeah, all right. I gotta go get, so, my, yeah, I gotta so, get my kid next a COVID up, shot. Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, sometime next year, Other Side Picnic. Get ready for Kingsfield. Uh, mm-hmm. You said sometime mm-hmm. next year, Other Side Picnic? Oh, that's not no, no way. No, that's no, got that's, a this lot happening. faster this than that. Now. This well, is yeah, but there's going to be some Matrix movies. Come on. Like, we got so uh, much okay. going on. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Like, veto. Like, I mean, yes, we're going to do we're Matrix gonna do stuff. The like other, I'm not saying we're watching all of Other Side Picnic, but if you're saying... We're not going to watch like the first two episodes and talk about that pretty soon. Like Rob is wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, look, I am just trying to, I, I'm trying to load manage Waypoint Plus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we Monday's we topics. Keep... It, it can be a Monday topic. It'll be a little, it little can be a Monday every a Monday week. Topic. There's a Monday every week, Kato. That's, yeah, two episodes a week. I, okay. No, I, I think, <laughs> here's what I think. This, here's what I think is that, um, do we should because we were looking for something to do for 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 a Monday. I think we should watch the first couple episodes of this, maybe the first two, and that is a way to promote to the way to, yeah. to the non Waypoint Plus audience. Uh, you know what we've got going on, and that's like a fun. That's, that's a, a that's a good really time. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. All right, so you just heard it. This is this is where the this is where the magic happens. Like Patrick uh-huh. figures out how we're going to promote this. <laughs> Uh, we're, I guess we're watching some other side picnic. Uh, we are ASAP. watching other side picnic. Uh, it has been decided. We are extremely out of time. Thanks you. F- thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for supporting us on Waypoint Plus. Uh, be sure and tell your friends. Uh, you know, let let them know about all that good, good stalker content uh, that that we've been dropping this last month. And uh, 
Apparently, there's still more on the way. So brace yourselves. Brace for impact. <laughs> Third impact. <laughs> <laughs>